With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Warning. You have entered the realm of the gods. So give us your mind and your full attention. So you say you deal with esoteric information? I never heard of such. Well, you're in for a treat.
Hey, how are you, Washington East? Peace, family. And to all the families of the world, and to the human family. All right, I hope everything is all right with you and yours. I'm Fahim Richard L. I'll be your host for t- tonight, filling in for Dr. Uh, so Aline Lutapaki Obey. And I'm going to deal with tonight, it's a little bit, dealing with a little bit of history of Washington, history of Washington, and dealing with Things more to go through today, and for the last, uh, you could say maybe the 103 years since the prophet been here and brought the science to our people in 1913. So, uh, yes, there's been a, a lot of talk about the prophet and you know what the prophet knew, what the prophet said, what the prophet wrote. Well. I'm here to tell you I wasn't there, so I can't really say. You know, I'm going by what's been uh, been handed down to me, uh, uh, literally and orally. You know, uh, there's hardly anyone, I don't think there's not one member of the Canaanite temple that the prophet had set up since 1913. So uh, all we going by is, uh, history and what has been told to us. You know, uh, you have some Moors talking about uh, uh, the word Moorish, uh, which is, and, I, and I'm in agreement with that, it is a adjective because we put the ish in there, it makes it an adjective, which it says you being like a Moor and not exactly being a Moor. So I, 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 can, I can agree with that, you know. Uh, and you have some Moors saying that uh, you know the the when the first slaves came here, which were European slaves, uh, some of the Moors were quite humble and benevolent to the uh, Christian uh, or the European slaves, and that may be true in some cases. You know, I'm not going to rule that that out. But uh, I still say in the most cases, uh, a lot of times, we were part of the slave trade or the Atlantic slave trade, whatever you want to call it. And a lot of our people, well, they dogged them out. They dogged them out. They were pretty brutal, you know. So um, I'll come there to say a little bit something to rebuttal to that. You know, uh, I'm not saying that all all of our ancestors were mean and cruel. I'm not saying that at all. You know, I know there were some that were quite benevolent people. You know, 
I, I probably was the reason why a lot of us was fighting between ourselves as Moors. You know, uh, a lot of people saying that uh, Benjamin Banneker, uh, <coughs> Benjamin Banneker, which is uh, uh, Emmanuel Muali Bay, uh, which is this, this, this free national name or free appellation, uh, said that he was a traitor, he was a sellout. I don't think he was a sellout. I think he was part of the Moors that were trying to battle against these other Moors that, that was uh, 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 perpetrating slavery, you know, which wasn't part, wasn't supposed to be part of our uh, teachings or part of uh, what we was, trying, what we was uh, the kind of people we was trying to be, you know. And I believe that's why we was against these Moors. Because we were warring against each other, the ones that wasn't for slavery, the ones that was for slavery. Uh, you had I had uh, listened on YouTube the other night. I had one more saying, not gonna mention the name, or said that we were uh, felt sorry, felt so sorry for the European slaves. Uh, I'd imagine some of us, I imagine some of, there were a few of us that did, but you had those that. Uh, but we wasn't, but uh, 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 you can say, we wasn't, uh, um, wasn't all that, uh, didn't feel all that sorry for them because it was such as that. Uh, why did they have to pay us tribute payments? Why did they have to pay uh, uh, ransom payments? And then when a lot of the Europeans came over to these shores, uh, when they were paying tribute payments and ransom payments, uh, a lot of our people seized their ships anyway. You know, just seize them anyway. You know, just for the hell of it. You know, so we we, we don't want to play that innocent role that we were so innocent and more benevolent and uh, more upright than everyone else because we were not, and we were not innocent. And I want to get that out there. You know, so. Uh, I wish, like I said again, I wish I had a keyboard where I can punch people in, but I don't, because I know I probably have some people that disagree on what I'm saying. I'm sure I do, you know. Uh, but this is some of the things I have learned, and whatever little bit I learned, I share with the human family, you know. Uh, I never try to pretend or tell anyone that I'm an all-knower. No, I'm far too smart for that. No, so I'll never tell that. I'll never say anything dumb like that. You know, so uh but anyway, I'm gonna get into this book called uh Dealing with Part of the History of the Washita. And uh the name of this book is called We Are the Washita, the true story of the first inhabitants of America which is an aboriginal, or as the word aboriginal came from the word aborigine. The true story of the first inhabitants of America, African Moors, okay? So I'm going to get into this, and I'm going to uh, say say on chapter 6, dealing with the, I've already uh, touched on a lot of things about the Washita in the past, uh, dealing with the history and dealing with the uh, uh, the empress and everything like that, the prophet where he uh, was raised on the Cherokee 
reservation and things like that. So I'm going to skip a lot of that tonight. I'm going to get on to this uh, chapter 6 here where it says, Where did the Washita come from? It says here, The Washita Moors have always been here. The Great Spirit created us in this land. Mu, M, capital M, U, U. That's in parentheses. Okay? I'm going to say it again. The Great in this land, Mu. That's the word uh, one of the words, ancient words, where the word more comes from. Okay, those who you want to know. All right, let me move along. Said granting, granting us divine rights and protection, in spite of a his his story that says the original inhabitants were decimated by the disease imported by the Europeans. We are still here. Now, don't we all know it? Okay. In spite of America's legalized institution of genocide against the Native people and the African Holocaust, the ancient ones have preserved. The ancient ones are us. We are the ancient ones. Since uh, the United Washita deed of the Mambia Moor Nation Empire, or Moor Nation Empire, with the spell M-U-U-R-A, the Moor Nation, but it is the oldest, the oldest nation tribe in the world, which supersedes over any tribe in Africa, Australia, New Zealand, or any other uh, uh, continent or country all over the world. Uh, me just saying so. Uh, if you don't believe me, just do your own research. Just get on the on the uh, computer. And get on YouTube or whatever, and on the internet, and uh, type in unitedwashita.www.com, you know, and you find a lot of the information is true. I mean, we are all the uh, we our charter num- our number, our UN number is two one five slash nine three, and we are recognized by 144 nations all over the world. 144 nations. Because uh, during the time one uh, when the when uh, Obama signed the rights of indigenous people, uh, I think it was between four nations uh, that didn't go along with that. I think United States is one of them, Australia is another, um, I believe New Zealand. And that fourth one, I believe, is either Canada. I think Canada, but I'm not sure. So I know this probably, I'm probably may not be all the way correct on that, but you know, uh, some of you that know, knows. Okay. All right. Okay, let me move along here. Moo. M U U. Moo is the indigenous name. Of all the lands of the world, including present-day North America, we are Washita Moors of the ancient Washita Nation. The indigenous people of said North America are not Indians. May I repeat this again? The indigenous people of said North America are not Indians. Yet our ancient relatives on the subcontinent of India or uh, 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 the ancient word for India, which is Hindustan, also learned 
the name of the land is Mu. Mu is the name taught to all the nations by the Creator. All over the planet, the cattle teach the same name, Mu. Be it the yaks, oxen, water, buffaloes, or longhorn steers, we are in a land called Mu. Thus, we are Moors, M-U-U-R-S. We were here long before the Amerigo and Africanos. How could they possibly name us? We are indigenous. We are a part of the ground. We are the sun people. We are the ancient ones. We, when they say we are a part of the ground, that means more. Because we are land-connected people. Land and more are both synonymous terms. So when you say Atashtan or Atashtanist people, uh, you're talking about Moors. Atashtan or Atashtanist means those who spring forth from the soil of the earth. That is a Moor. When people ask me, well, what is a Moor? Because the vast majority of people in this country, uh, when you tell them that you are Moor, they'll look at look at you and all and look at you real strange. What is that? Well, I say, I say, I would. My answer would be, an Aborigine, or uh, Aboriginal meaning, uh, the very first inhabitants of America. Indigenous, okay, an Aborigine, original plus Indigenous, meaning native to the land, natural to the land, plus Atashtanis, Atashtan, meaning those who spring forth from the soil of the earth equals more. Sometimes I may say Moroccan or Al Moroccan. What is the, another ancient another ancient word uh, where the word America comes from? Because America and Al Morocco or Morocco are both are all synonymous. Amurica. Mu, Muraka, Al Muraka, A M U R U K A, Amuraka, Amurakan, and always ended in can, K A N or C E N, which means serpent prophecy. Mexico, Mexican. Mexican, serpent prophecy. We are all of the Americas, of the Aboriginal indigenous people of the Americas, or the Almorocks, and the adjoining islands. Okay. International law, which is merely natural law applied to nations, respects the sovereign rights of people based on immemorial occupation and possession of their native lands. The thieves were, who tried to conquer our lands had to create a scenario that said there were no indigenous inhabitants of the land. To acknowledge the presence of the ancient mound, which is pyramid, building societies would forever prevent the invaders from claiming these lands. 
but cultural arrogance, imperialistic greed, and bloody bloody hands of the invaders would not allow for the truth in their accounts or his story. Now, some people say history. In return of the ancient ones, the empress points to the book of Genesis 10.25 and the day of pillage when the earth was divided. All of the said descendants of Africa now living in so-called North America do not arrive or did not arrive on slave ships, nor during the voyages of the Moors, the Phoenicians and the Hebrews or the Mendingos or the Mendinka. A study of true history will show that all the continents were once connected and that the southeastern section of the said United States was once nothing more than Northwest Africa, or you could say Northwest Amexum. Okay? We are indigenous to this land. We are the first world. We have always been here and shall remain after others are returned to nothingness and dust. Now I'm start right. You see, people. Uh, uh, some say, well, "Why don't we go back to Africa?" Africa. Well, most of we are not from Africa. We are from here because all of this was one connected. All of this was connected. So even uh, after the after the great uh, split of the continents. A lot of, a whole lot of us was really still here, and I'm by sure when the, uh, when the Great Split happened, I, I, I didn't stop a lot of voyages from the African continent to the American continent, back and forth, back and forth, and this is when I try to get a lot of people to understand about uh, the slave trade or the Atlantic slave trade. Uh, a lot of people still believe that the Europeans when they kidnapped hundreds of thousands of families from Ireland and Scotland and England and other parts of Europe, that they just voyaged back and forth, back and forth, back and forth from Bermuda across the across the southern Atlantic to to where here unmolested. But that's not true. They had to pay a lot of our ancestors tribute payments and ransom payments. They had to pay our people for that. They had to pay us. They didn't just come over here and just 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 like that. It wasn't like that. And there's some more out there. You can disagree with me if you want to. That's okay. You know. But a truth is a truth, and a lie is a lie. A truth will always be here. A lie always go, go come and goes. You know. So uh, this is the understanding I want a lot of our people to know, know to understand, you know, how a lot of things were at that time, you know, because a lot of us have been fed a lot of uh, misinformation about uh, what we call history or history. We have been fed a lot of misinformation about that. We've been lied to, hook awake, bamboozled, you know, being deceived. You know, we have never been really taught real history. 
History has never been taught, and not and and as far as today, it's not being taught today in the schools across the United States of America. And let's face it, they're being taught what they're told to teach the students and our children. Those are those are, uh, that are in the public schools across the country and other institutions. Okay. Now let me move on here. The next page. It says here, chapter seven. How can you prove it? How can you prove this thing that to say it in chapter six? How can you prove it? Okay. The term ancient ones can be taken literally. The Washita have a history of longevity with common lifespans well over 100 years. Charlie Grant Walker reportedly reached the age of 150 years. This sustained a perpetual oral history that has passed down firsthand through the generations. Witness the testimony of Susan Garrison Hill, daughter of the late Reverend R.C. Garrison herself reported to be over 114 years old. I don't know how true that is, but y'all can take it or let it alone. You know, I don't care what you do with it. Okay? Couple couple this with nearly 30 years of research by the Empress, directed by her grandmother, and we find an unquestionable compilation of facts that will revolutionize the teaching of history forever. Return of the Ancient Ones contain authentic copies of the treaties, maps, conventions, Supreme Court cases, and other legal documents that will silence the staunchest skeptics. Some of the longest cases in the history of the Supreme Courts involve the heirs of, of Henry Turner in the United States, or Henry Tunica, which is his free appellation. Okay, because Tunica uh, Turner, a lot of uh, you see a lot of names Turner. Actually, it means Tunica. That is a more term. A lot of people think that a lot of names are English or European names, but they are not. There are more names, names of the Moors or the Aboriginal Indigenous people. These are more terms, and uh, a lot of them are, and if you notice, I'm using the word more because a lot of our people are so used to saying Moorish, you know, uh, and, that's, and that's quite understandable because, you know, we a lot of uh, us, and including myself, too, I'm guilty of that myself, uh, a lot of us have been saying this for 103 years now, over 103 years, so you can't expect everybody to stop just up saying Moorish just like that. You know, you just can't stop. You just can't expect them to stop it just like that. Not overnight. Uh, you have to, you know, have a little sense about this. Also, you know, you know, I heard one person say, "I don't know why they they keep saying Moorish for." Well, well, yeah, you should know why, because they've been saying this by habit. They're used to saying it. I mean, come on, let's not let's not get arrogant. You know. All right. Okay. 
The return of the ancient ones contains authentic copies of the treaties. Okay, I read it already. I'm sorry. Say some of the okay. Um, a through a thorough review of these cases will verify the legitimacy of the Spanish land grants and the rightful claims of the Turner or Tunica heirs. The fact that th this area was intentionally set up as a separate entity from the said United States, never to be settled by Americans. It's, it's an explicit condition of the Mesa, the Mesa Rouge land grant. U.S. congressional records from one from the early 1800s confirmed the validity of the Mesa Rouge land grants. After several years of litigation, the U.S. attempted to have this matter heard in the U.S. Supreme Court. On June 19, 1848, the United States Supreme Court could derive no jurisdiction in the matters of foreign agreements. Only the laws of Spain could hold jurisdiction over contracts originated by its sovereign government. The Supreme Court called on the Tunica or Turner heirs to relinquish their claims, which they declined to do. This secured the land rights of the Tunica heirs and the imperial nation forever. But the U.S. government would not stop there. And after suffering staggering defeats in their own judicial systems, the U.S. dispatched agents to exterminate the Tunica or Turnica heirs. The period following the court cases saw wholesale murdering and sacking of the Washita properties. New laws were hurriedly passed, enticing Americans to slaughter the ancient inhabitants and take their lands. Eventually, once it was all the Turner, all the Turners had been killed, the Supreme Court tried to. encouraged the lower courts to reverse the rule in favor of the Tunica heirs, but it was not possible. The idea of sovereign lands owned by so-called Negroes and women infuriated the psychopathic racist and sexist Americans, or as you could say, the, psych the psychopathic sexist uh, Europeans. So they're not Americans, you know. Uh, stop right here. That's uh, brought up a question in my mind about something. Uh, like, well, I call them Europeans because that's what they are descended of, or the descendants of European of European descent. Uh, but one thing about them, you never hear them uh, identify themselves as European Americans, and that's why. Uh, Asiatic people or Moors should never identify themselves as African Americans. And the reason why a lot of the Europe, people of European descent don't identify themselves as European Americans because that's, saying, that's the same as saying that they're European immigrants in America, which is true, which is what they really are. But they will say, like, Oh, I'm Polish American, uh, I'm French American, or I'm Irish American, or I'm German American, or I'm Italian American. They will say things like that. 
they, they will connect themselves to a nationality. You know, like a lot of brothers and sisters uh, say that I'm African. You know, well, that is to me, that is a false construct because, you know, okay, that is a continent. You're not really being specific which you uh that's not a nationality. You're not being specific which nation or tribe you're from. Uh Africa is a continent of twenty four of uh I'm sorry, fifty four nations. Each one of those nations have one hundred different languages or tribal languages. Which one do you belong to? So, you know, you have to be specific. You know, you have to have, I mean, most Africans from Africa would tell you they're either from Ghana, Uganda, or Zaire, or something like that, you know. And they will tell you their uh, tribal affiliations or their, their nation tribes that they belong to, you know. And the reason why I use the term nation tribe or tribal nations is because a lot of us don't like using the word or the term tribe too much. But it is it is that's what is uh, uh, mostly spoken of as uh, as distinguish yourselves from one from another a tribe or a nation. I me myself I use the term nation or nation tribe or tribal nation uh, both in, in in conjunction with each other because I consider all them nations like I consider the United Washington D the Mundia more empire nation, you know. And you, you know, if you know, notice those words I spoke, I never, uh, word tribe never came into that sentence, you know, but I still use the word tribe. You know, a lot of people just saying that they are more. Well, you are more. No, I don't believe in saying tribes are nations. Okay, well, you are more here in America. Okay, where at? What, what what tribe or nation are you a part of of the land that your people live on? So, so that's being more specific. Now you're connecting yourself with a nation tribe or a nation. Then the more than just saying you are more or you are Aboriginal Indigenous more. You know, okay, you're Aboriginal Indigenous more where of of what of what nation? Because if you talk to a lot of the uh, the Aborigines, uh, people from the Yamasi Nation or the Choctaw Nation, which my great-great-grandmother was a Choctaw, when people ask me, I say, I am Washita. You know, I am a Moor. I'm an Aborigine Indigenous American. You know, or I'm an Aborigine Indigenous Moor. But what tribe am I from? who I'm affiliated with, I am Washita, of the clan of the Choctaw clan. That would be my answer. You know, I'm affiliated with two uh, tribal nations, or some people say that Choctaw are the same as the Washita. They are one and the same. That's why we use, uh, that's why we use that term. When you notice when I come on the radio, I say, meaning, may my spirit and your spirit spring forth with the jaguar. You know, I may say, 
you know, that means how is your spirit today, brother? You know, I'm just saying a few words of our language. You know, we have a language that we speak. We have a flag, you know, uh, 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 that we have a flag. That, you know, we have a, that represents our nation. The red, green, and black, and yellow. The yellow of the, uh, the phoenix bird represents the fire of the, of the bird climbing out of the, out of the ashes of 500 years. Now, a nation reborn. We are, you can say, birth of a nation or rebirth of a nation. We are a nation. A lot of us are scattered all over the Union States, as uh, far as back as Canada. You know, I uh, have one per board told me that, uh, well, it's not really a tribe. It's just uh, ran by a single, uh, one single family. Uh, it's not really, uh, well, it's not. And we all know why is that, you know. But it's still, but the nation tribe still exists. We just scatter all over the uh, 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 the continent of America, or Morocco. You know. So let me move along here. Okay. So the idea of sovereign lands. Owned by so-called Negroes and women in purity, the psychopathic. Okay, I read it already. Sorry. The fortunately, the Turner women and children were able to escape the genocidal genocidal campaigns by hiding in the bayous. Bayous and Louisiana bayous is what they're talking about. This proves that man cannot, after alter the designs of the Creator. God is the best of all planners. On June 19th, the true beginning of the Juneteenth holiday is the day when the Turners or Tunicas, Washingtons, Reeds, and all, all, and all the other Washita gathered to celebrate the return of the land. Even now, the Washita continues to gather for this annual event. The ancient ones are the legal owners and title holders of the land. Founded on immemorial occupation and uninterrupted possession, the royal families of Europe, united with the nobles, European families of the Washita. Let me read this again. So I got off of the head quite clearly. The royal families of Europe, united with the noble imperial families of the Washita, in an endeavor to secure a place of peace and love in the part of Mu. M-U-U, Mu, the ancient word for more, okay? And the treaties, grants, conventions between, between the colonial powers, there are repeated references to the presence of the ancient inhabitants and the protection of our people's rights, property, land, religion, and autonomy. Add to this, Louisiana land records that can reaffirm the fact that this land was never ceded to the said United States and was never a part of the said state of Louisiana. Her work speaks for itself. The Empress continues to research her family history in a relentless effort to reunite, to reunite the empire and rebuild the nation 
with love, truth, peace, freedom, and justice. Under the imperial seal of love, our love is law in the Washita. Okay. Well, those of you that know that the empress passed away about three years ago into transition, but her spirit lives on amongst a lot of us, including myself. You know, and uh, we are still striving and to fight. You know, as an empire nation, we're still an empire. Okay. Now I'm going to go into the book, The First World Order, by Dr. Asuru Aline Nutapak El Bay. I did the, glo- the Global Paths of the Ancient Ones. He had dedicated this book uh, to me. He had put this autograph in there. It says here to me from Dr. Aline to my brother Fahim Wilson Il, may the ancestors of angels, the world watches over you, and my this most high, higher self, Allah, you. Peace, Islam. Dr. Alim El Bay. Okay. This is a must book every, I would say every more to have in her or his library. You know? I'm going to read something here. It says here in the book uh, from the Web from the Webster's Dictionary, pale. Pale means dim of light, meaning ash, A-S-H-E. For the readers that are not familiar with a libation ceremony, the word ash in the Yoruba religion means power or life force energy and is pronounced after each ancestral or spirit's name title. Thus, by honoring them through the venerations, we say thank you for your existence or for our existence, for who we are, whom, and that we are, have, and all will be, all will become. But you know, pale uh, is the ancient word for black, or bledge, or blake. That's why we cannot be black people. We cannot be black people. You've got a lot of these people uh, saying that they're black and using the word black power, black power, black power. Okay, but actually you were saying pale power, pale power, pale power. You're saying bleach power, bleach power, bleach power. You're saying white power, white power, white power. That's what they're saying. Because black, the word B-L-A-C-K is Middle English. Our people are ancient. Our ancient people. So therefore, the term cannot refer to us. 
our ancient ancestors, foremothers, and forefathers was not black. Simple as that. You really can't argue with that. There's no argument with that. Okay? Okay, let me move along here. It says here, Honorable Elijah Muhammad once stated, A study of history is a must for all. It is the most attractive and best qualified to reward our research as it develops the springs and motives of human actions and displays the consequences of circumstances which operate most powerfully in the destinies of the human family. The wise man is the one who has made a careful study of the past, events of ancient and modern history. The knowledge of the future is judged by the knowledge of the past. There are men born with the gift of prophecy, while some are trained into the knowledge of intense studies of the past, events of history. All right. Move along here. Hmm. Need some more from the from the Washita. Okay. First, I would like to thank the working group of indigenous people for your help with my mother and Washita Dibodamandia indigenous people. The family thinks, thanks the world for all the letters and cards that she loves that she loves to hear, read to her over and over again since the attack on her and her heart heart attack was had left her paralyzed on her left side. She is well and quite sane. This was uh, back at the time when the Empress was battling a lot of this foolishness. This nonsense. You know. This, I mean, I'm not to read to you the part, what are the struggles and madness that the Empress had went through for the love of her people. And this is part of the package when you ever uh, become a part of the struggle or become part of the uplifting of fallen humanity. This is what we have to go through. Other than that, if you don't want to go through with it, then you don't want freedom. Okay? I'll move along here. Okay. 
says here, section of the two. One, history or history by the pursuing by pursuing of the circle seven holy Quran. Note the text is veiled in mythology and allegory. I'm gonna stop right here. I'm gonna say this over again. The circle seven holy Quran. Note the text is veiled in mythology and allegory. All right. See, some people say that uh, they have questions about the Holy Quran and, you know, whether Noble Drawali wrote the book or not. He probably didn't. Uh, you know, there were probably other people that, uh, that wrote in the book, but you must understand, you must not read it in a literal sense. It's an esoteric book. You know, it's not to be taken literally. Like I said, it is veil and mythology and allegory. I'm going to add something to my, my own words and also uh, illustrated by symbols. But you must be very uh, learned in mythology and allegories. Or, or, or everything you read in, in the Holy Quran, Quran, Circle 7, will go over your head. You can read it, yeah, but you must know what you're reading. Like I said, I have questions about that book. I have questions about that book. Well, 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 no, read the book out. Read about what you have questions about in the book. Maybe someone can explain it to you what it actually means. Okay. It is a metaphysical book. Very true. This is not to be taken literally, as I just told you, nor historically, as I just told you. For the lineage of the Moorish Empire, note, there actually were and is a Moorish Empire. As the progeny of the Moabites, Moab. Note, Tamare and Kamashin, Egyptian words. Mo means water, and Ab means heart, Moab, which is a reference to the heart chakra. The people of the deep feelings of the son of Lot. Lot in Hebrew means hidden, a reference to hidden feelings of the nephew of the Chaldean, Abram. Abraham's note, Tamar-Re-An, Kamashin, Egyptian words. Ab means heart. Ra means sun rays. And Ham means black, the heart of the black sun, which is a reference to the pineal gland and its excretion of the black substance called melanin, or melanin. Also, Abram, Abram, Ab means father. Also, Ram means high ram, or Ram means Aries. Because <coughs> you can say uh, uh, Abram, which means father of Aries. Also, okay. Brahma, Brahman, they're all one of the same name. Abram, 
They're just words that switched around or letters that switched around. But they all mean the same. The Holy Torah. Dodosh, Tanakh. Tanakh, thank the Holy Bible. Note, holy is derived from the Greek word, Helios, meaning sun. And Bible is derived from the Greek word, Biblios, meaning pages or book. Hence, some pages or some book derived from the ancient Tamarayan, Commission or Commission. Egyptian text, Ra Papara, Ra Papyrus, is also called Pert M. Harusut, the coming forth by day, or light and night shadow, and the Holy Quran, Il Adosh Quran, the sun recitation, or the sun recycle. By the Hebrew document from the a papal library for the believing of the Candace Sheba or Cush, Ethiopia. Note, the document actually refers to Hapshepsut or Upper Upper, upper Kama'at, Egypt, which is Cush, Ethiopia, by the sailing on the Mediterranean Sea into the Atlantic Ocean on the 95 degrees towards the west by the easy passage into the, the, the Sea Spanso or North Amexum of the misnomer North America down here. Says in uh, uh, paragraph three, for the knowing of the Aboriginal Moor, Moor, Adena mound builders through the buildings of the ceremonial mounds by the Cooper or uh, Copper Wade woodland people from the 1000 uh, before Common Era to the 200 Common or Christian Era for the reference of the Grave Creek Mound in the location with the misnomer Moundsville, Marshall County, state of West Virginia, for the reference history of the Marshall County, West Virginia, 1984, Marshall County Historical Society, 1984, the U.S. Bureau of Ethnology, of the 12th Annual Report, 1890 Christian Era, 1891 Christian Era. I'm to read off to you uh, a lot of different events that has been established through the years dealing with the Washita. Okay, by the settlement of Moroccan, M-O-R-O-R slash M-U apostrophe U-R, more Catholic Monastic Brotherhood in the year uh, equals 480 Christian era at the location with misnomer. Okay, this is dealing with certain, again, dates and events. I'm going to move along here. Okay, by the referencing referencing of the David McRishley book of the 1884 
Christian Era Publishing, Ancient and Modern Britons, Volume 1, page 173, equals the fiercest division of these, and apparently the most recent in time, was that of the Danes, or Cimbri or Cambri, remembered by the Christianized races, the so-called white people of the Britons as the black heathen. But, all, but although such invaders as these can be claimed as, in some respect, the progenitors of the Mingo people, whom, whom we now call gypsies, yet, like their continental so-called Europe, Kendrick, the gypsies of Britain had, the, had far earlier British ancestors than these Scotland's were overrun in one district. What they're saying is, we are the ancient Britons. That's what they're saying. As far as we were uh, the original people of the planet Earth anyway. You know, so those that, that are us that are light, I already know that. So let me move along. Okay. Scotland was overrun in one district by Moors of the 15th century, but five centuries earlier, centuries earlier, the kings of Alban were Moors. Check that out. But at any rate, the Moorish or Moorish races were among the chief opponents of the Romans. When they marched through Britain 1,800 years ago, 242 equal than like the Moor or Moors of 12th century, Moray or those 19th century America. They were killed, transplanted, and or placed upon reservations to make room for people. Check that out. This is from the book Ancient Modern Britons, okay? Now I'm going to get on the, uh, the book written by Tosh Tariq Bay called the nigger industry after this break. All right? I'll be back with you another three, maybe four minutes.
Peace, peace, peace. I'm back. All right. Before I get into the uh, times about the U.S. nigger industry, I, I want to get uh, dealing with the book called Moors by Brother Cosmo Ill. Okay. Some of you may have the book. For those of you don't, and it says what they didn't teach you in black history class. Okay. Let's see here. Because this clears up a lot of misnomers and a lot of uh, uh, confusion about you know, who we are and uh, people saying that Moors was given to us by Europeans or uh, the origin as origin goes in the more the word more uh goes back to the origin in Greek uh language or literature, but that's a lie because the Greek never really had a language of their own. Their ancient language was our language or the what we call the comedic language that we created for them. You know, but more does not go back in the Greek language. That's a lie, you know. It's not true. Like I told you earlier, it comes from the uh, ancient uh, name or word, Mu, M-U-U. Okay? It's ancient. So here, here we go right here. Moors were not modern Arabs. We say modern Arab because being Arab does not mean that one was not a Moor. I'll read this again. We say modern Arab because being Arab does not mean that one was not a Moor. The confusion comes in because Arab is a language group as well as a national identity in modern times. Arab in the generic sense is anyone who speaks the language of Arabic. Moors are what would be considered to be so-called African. However, the definition has changed over time, which also lends to misnomers, such as North African Berber, which is late 14th century, from Old French Moor, M-O-R-E, from Medieval Latin Morus, M-O-R-U-S, from Latin Morus, M-A-U-R-U-S, inhabitant of Mauritania, which means, for those of you who don't know, Mauritania means land of the Moors, okay, which means Northwest Africa, a region now correspond to northern Algeria and Morocco, from Greek Moros, perhaps a native name, or else cognate with Moros, M-A-U-R-O-S, black, but this adjective only appears in late Greek and may as well be from the people's name as the Rerose. Being a dark people in relation to Europeans, their name in the Middle Age was a synonym for Negro, later in 16th century and 17th century, used indiscriminately of Muslim, Persians, Arabs, etc., but especially those in India. So I say you can go online uh, in the Etymology Dictionary. A lot of us are dealing with the history of our people. Uh, you see a lot of these Europeans all over the country want to do what you call river dance. 
And uh, when they were introducing this dance, the commentator says, yes, this dance took Europe by storm. Took Europe from where? By storm. Where did it come from? It took Europe by storm? Well, if it took Europe from where, took, took Europe from where? Okay. Interesting question. That means the dance came from someone, from something about the source. But I'm here to tell you it is a Moorish dance. It's a dance of the Moors, the river dance. And then you see these Europeans at all so uh, hooping, howling, crazy about, you know. But, but they never told you that, did they? Yeah, and they're not going to. Okay, let me move on. Move on to more history, okay. Uh says here, the carnival, the carnival tradition in Rheindingen, Germany, goes back centuries. The earlier mention of the carnival in Rheindingen already comes from the end of the Middle Ages. Rheindingen is the city of Moor, Launderers. Moor in Germany is spelled capital M-O-H-R. Okay. As Rheindingen once performed in a circus was among other things, a so-called black man, a moor, with the troops, the inhabitants of the city, which had previously never seen a so-called black man, felt that this was an act of a white man who had not washed. They dragged him to the fountain on the square and tried to scrub the white moor. It was no use. He was black. Since then, the then the hot Rendigan Moore scrubber as a symbol of the figure Moore was created. Because you can go all over Europe, especially Germany, uh, you can see a lot of Moore statues, buses, uh, heads, uh, what you call Mohrenkopf. Uh, in German, Kopf means head. Moore means more, you know, Moore's head. You know, they got them on uh, certain. Uh, uh, structured on certain bridges in Germany, uh, statues. Uh, I mean, you'd be surprised. You know, uh, I'm sure that they have a lot of this uh, prejudice and racism in Germany, like everywhere else in the world. But uh, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't let it interrupt. Uh, uh, well, they got there a lot of their science from. I can tell you that. And uh, if you watch YouTube, uh, I think Brother Kudo Ewell has one. Dealing with that same subject, uh, a brother uh, that lived uh, in Germany, I believe, for three or seven years, and he brought a lot of artifacts with him, a lot of pictures, and a lot of evidence showing him how the Moors were mostly honored in Germany and all over Europe as well. You know, uh, find out to my amaze and to my astonishing, astonished, I was astonished to learn that the, uh, the Moorish history. Is uh, the history of the Moor, or Moor history, as I like to say, was a part of the uh, German uh, educational system, part of their curriculum that they learned, learned you know, about about our people. You know, which I was really surprised, which would not, uh, would never, uh, nothing like that would ever happen here in the so-called United States of America, or what they call the land of free. Okay. Now let me go on here. Whitewash ritual. 
Say it again. Whitewash ritual. After the goal has moved into the city, followed on Wednesday evening in the town square, the whitewash, already in the 50s, the custom of one rinding in Germany, Moor Scrubber, M-O-H-R, Moor Scrubber was celebrated with joy, but when adjusted again over the years at the newly established group of traveler Moor and his wash and his wash Webern, the whitewash was then brought back from a deep sleep in the in the 750th anniversary of the city in 2005. Hmm. Okay. As a well-known personality who has rendered outstanding services to Rondingen, but is not born in the but it, it but is not born in the city, is pre-selected in, in secret and presented as a big surprise to the assembled foolish citizenship that evening. First time in the humorous manner circumscribed before it is then brought to the stage and washed in a wash tub for real. Rondingen Moore have a lot of traditions and that goes on in Europe dealing with us dealing with Moors like whoever whoever you know a lot, a lot of us heard of the Knights Templar you know or some people prefer the Templar Knights whoever dreamed that the first Knights Templar were Moors whoever would dream that we were the first Knights I suggest a lot of you get into a lot of books. Uh, I suggest you get this book. It's called Moors: What They Didn't Tell You, What They Didn't Teach You, You in Black History Class by Brother Cosmo or Cosmo L. Spelled C O Z M O E L. Spelled C O Z M O E L. And the name of the book is called Moors. What they didn't teach, what they didn't teach you in Black History class. Interesting book. Okay, move along. Moabite, ancient Moorish language and Kemetic. What they call Semitic is Moabite, also known as Phoenician. In this case, is clearly Kemetic. Check out the progression. How did did it jump from Kemetic to so-called Semitic? You got to look at this chart here, but like I said, I don't have. I'm not online, so uh, I can't show it to you. So, but I wish I did. One day I will. All right. Okay. It says here, more in due form, position at Atlantis. When these anthropologists saw underwater images of this city and saw someone or some stone. Monoliths, some symbol and inscriptions they identify with Olmec motifs. They were very surprised. The Olmecs, devoted from the survivors of Atlantis, a much superior culture destroyed after the end of the Ice Age flooding. The world was reshaped, and a super civilization destroyed. The, I mean, and the world was reshaped, and a super civilization destroyed. Destroyed. Remember for millennia only in legend and is passing reference by the philosopher Plato. But Atlantis was real, is real. Scientist Paul Weissenweg 
and Pauline have found it. Sonar images of uh, mega structures on the seabed. Said more by field nations in Europe. Amorica or Aramorica is the, is the name given in ancient times to the part of the Gaul, which is uh, the ancient name for France, between the Sheen and Lord Rivers. That includes Brittany Peninsula, extending inland to the undetermined point and down the Atlantic coast. The toponym is based on the Gaulish phrase, or Moria, or made into the Gaulish place named Aramorica, or Morica, or Morica, placed by the seas. The suspect Ica was first used to create adjectival forms and then names. Okay, the original designation was vague, including a large part of what became Normandy. That's part of France. In the 10th century, and in some interpretation, the whole of the coast down to the Garonne River, later term became restricted to Brittany. In Britain, which belonged to the Brythonic uh, branch of the insular Celtic language, along the Welsh and Cornish, on the sea is war or Welsh, although the older form of war is used to refer to the coastal regions of Brittany in contrast to Argo. This is I'm just dealing with history a lot uh, tonight. You know about our history, because a lot of people when they say when you're dealing with European history, well, that's our history. That's our history too, and there are certain, there are certain figures in our history that you didn't know that were Moors. You know, you take like uh, Frederick the Great, Frederick uh, the Great the Second son was a Moor. You take like the man who wrote the Three Musketeers, Alexander Dumas, was a Moor. A lot of people don't know this, but he was a Moor. So you know, uh, 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 dealing with the Russian language, uh, Alexander Pushkin. He was a Russian Moor, but he revolutionized the uh, the Russian language the way it is spoken today. Yes, the way the Russian language is spoken today, the way the, uh, the people in Russia, uh, the way their language is spoken today, was created and was uh, <clears throat> uh, it was created by a Moor, Alexander Pushkin, and he wrote certain books. Uh, also that were made into movies. So we have a long history all across the world, except here in the United and in, in the Americas and the Americas, because we are a worldwide people. Okay. Okay. These cognate modern usages suggest that the Romans first contacted coastal people in the inland region and assumed that the regional name Aramorica referred to the whole area. 
both coastal, coastal and inland. Pliny the Elder, in, in his natural history, uh, claims that uh, Armorica was the older name for Aquitania, stating that Armorica's southern boundary extended to the Pyrenees, or Pyrenees, and to an account of the Gaulish origin of the name. Now remember, Gaul is the ancient name for France. Okay, this is the perfect, correct, and logical as Armorica is not a country name, but a word that describes a type of geographical region, a region that that is by the sea. The Iberians were a set of peoples that Greek and Roman sources, among others, Heractus or Miletus or Venus or Herodotus and Strabo, identified with the name in the eastern and southern coast of the Iberian Peninsula, at least from the 6th century B.C., the term Iberian, as used by the ancient authors, had two meanings. One, more generally referred to the whole of the population of the Iberian Peninsula. The other, more restricted with an ethnic sense to the people living in the eastern and southern coast of the Iberian Peninsula, or by the 6th century B.C., that had absorbed cultural influences from Phoenicians. You're talking about Moors. The Phoenicians were Moors, okay, and Greeks. Wikipedia. Although the principalities of Brother Eric, Coronel, uh, Demonia, Leon, and Poirot are mentioned often in Britain. Whenever the Britons and the Britons had dealings outside their borders, only one king of the Britons is mentioned. It seems highly likely that these many principalities were the equivalent of the mainland British sub-kingdoms ruled over by a single monarch in much the same way as the high kings of Britain rule. The colony first king, Conan, Murdoch, ruled Brittany as the kingdom of Venetius, maintaining the local Gaelic tribal name and representing a diminishing of Roman control over the region. The region was called Amorica, a name that originated with the Armorio tribe of Celts, who occupied the eastern parts of the peninsula. It says the Egyptian deity taught as the Phoenician Moabite to it brought to Aramorica. After the flood of Noah, Mr. <coughs> Excuse me, Mr. or Miss Rain, which was Egypt at that time, the son of Ham, and according to the line of Seth, is corrected by Bishop Carmelon. Thought appears next, the son of Misraim. He is therefore is therefore the grandson of Ham, the son of Noah. Now I'm gonna stop right here. <clears throat> now those of you that are familiar with the Bible are familiar with the uh, Torah, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You know now. Now, as far as my concern, these were. Uh, solar, lunar, and stellar mythical figures, but some people still see them as people that, act, that actually walk the earth. I don't. Okay. So, uh, but, but I'm gonna read on. You know, I'm gonna let you know this. This is not my uh, uh, opinion or belief or whatever, because I I don't have beliefs. I deal with what I know. You know. So, let me move on. 
Okay, it says here, <clears throat> the blood of Jesus. It takes the blood of Jesus to be saved. Then so-called blacks were born saved. Jesus was of Moabite and Canaanite blood. So it is in, in your DNA, case you didn't know. Canaan was one of Ham's sons. Ham in the Bible is supposed to be the father of the so-called blacks. Not to mention that Ruth was a Moabitess. What is the line in genealogy from which Jesus came? Answer, Abraham, Boaz, by Ruth, Jesse, King David, Solomon, Hezekiah, and Joseph, spiritual father by Mary. So what you need, okay, like I said again, uh, ham also means hot or heated. It's a cor- Actually, it's a corruption of the word cam or camet. That's why ham, you know, I mean, uh, like I said, I still I may have people that disagree with me, but, you know, uh, that's how we learn, you know. And may, maybe I could be wrong. But like I say, as I said to you earlier, I'm not an all-knower. It says there reparations. Slave, a slave can't can't get reparations, but they uh, can sure get compensation. And law damages or an award, typically of money, to be paid to a person as compensation for loss or injury. The rules for damages can and frequently do vary based on the type of claim which is presented. Breach of contract versus or tort claim and the jurisdiction. At common law, damages are categorized into compensatory or actual damages and punitive damages. Compensatory damages are further categorized into special damages, which are economic losses such as a loss of earnings, property damage, and medical expenses, and general damages, which are non-economic damages, such as pain and suffering and emotional distress. This is why Noble Drew Ali said that they are going to have to pay us for all the work our poor parents did and with the compound interest. All right. Dealing with history and dealing with certain movies, as dealing with history. Here we have a picture of of, Lauren, of actor Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne played the role in Othello, the second so-called African American actor after Paul Robeson to perform the role. The movie was based on the tragedy of Othello, the Moor of Venus, by William Shakespeare, or you could say Francis Bacon. A lot of people uh, uh, believe that William Shakespeare was Francis Bacon's cipher. But Francis Bacon was also a Rosicrucian, for those who don't know. Okay. So it was written around 1603. Hmm, interesting. The same year that uh, King James Stuart of, of the Sixth of Scotland became King James I of, of England. Okay, because we know all King James was name was King, but James Stewart, spelled S T U A R T. 
of the clan of Stuarts of Scotland. But he was the sixth of he was King James the sixth of Scotland, but became King James James the fifth of England in, in the year sixteen oh three. Okay. It says black according to science means death. By Noble Drew Ali. What science? According to the science of law. Black is beautiful. I am quite familiar with Elijah Poole Bay lessons, which is the origin of the scientific breakdown of blackness. But that does not transmute into law. I'm going to read that again. I'm going to read it again. Black is a beautiful, and I am quite familiar with Elijah Poole Bay lessons which is the origin of the scientific breakdown of blackness. But that does not transmute into law. At law, and in reference to nationality, it means a dead nation with no land or flag tied to it. Black is a slave caste label like white is, and you know what the white caste represents. You know what the right cast represents. Those are studious uh, uh, students, uh, studious boys. Students. We we know what that means. It means God and ruler of the land. The reason why the Europeans chose that word, still a, but still under a caste system, and it's still a status, nevertheless. Okay, but if you really, but if you really want something to think about. A Moor with his nationality is considered a part of the white caste at law because he is whole and not three-fifths. Very true. Interestingly enough, the word black is a verb, has its origin in black, adjective Old English, blake, dark, from Proto-Germanic, black as, burned, cognitive, Old Norse, blacker, dark, Old High German, blah, Black, Swedish, black, ink, Dutch, blackened, to burn, from pie, bled, bledge, to burn, gleam, shine, flash, cognate, Greek, flagging, to burn, scorch, Latin, flagger, to blaze, glow, burn, from root, bell, to go, shine, flash, burn, bleach, bleach, Old English bleaken, bleach, whiten, from Proto-Germanic blackchen, to make white, cognizant, Old Saxon, Old Saxon black, Old Norse blicker, Dutch bleak, Old High German ble, German bleach, pale, Old Norse bledger, Dutch blicken, German blitchen, to bleach, from pie root to shine, flash, burn, cognizant, Sanskrit. Bridget shines Greek fledging burn Latin flop flamer flame fulman lightning fulgear to shine flash flagger to burn old church slop slobotic blue white Lithuanian baldness pale okay black referring to people did black referring to people did not exist before the 1600s prior to that, blacks were known as Moors, or sometimes called, uh, in, the, in the 16th century, called Blackamoors, then black. Black, Old English, black, the color black, also ink from noun, uses of black from late 14th century as dark spot in the pupil of, of the eye, 
the meaning of black person, African, is from the 1620s, 20s, perhaps late 13th century, and blackamoor from 1540s. They say blackamoor, they were, when they most of them say blackamoor or blackamoors, as, 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 as the reason why they say it that way, they are, are describing what we look like. Because in a certain, uh, I was reading in a certain, uh, I think it was, uh, I don't know what book it was, but it was an old English town, and they were shoveling coal. And somehow uh, the stack of coal fell on the top of this Englishman. And, it, you know, it, it made them, uh, it, it blackened his whole body, his whole face and arms. And uh, his, 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 his working partner told him, said, you as black as a moor, you know. So, yeah, they were describing what we look like. Or you were blacker than a moor, because all moors weren't cold black. Some of them have variations of complexions, of skin complexions. Okay. Okay. Let's go on to the Marie Schools here. Thanksgiving celebrates the fall and the subjugation of the Moors. 18, okay, on November 25, 1491, after a long, bloody fight against the Moors, Asiatic Muslims who occupied Spain over 700 years, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella of Spain fell upon their knees and gave thanks to Santiago for their victory over the Moors. On this same day, the Pope of Rome proclaimed that day to be forever a day of thanksgiving for all European Christians. Why? Because the so-called blacks of Granada, called Moors, who were originally from Africa, Spain, and Arabia, surrendered the city to Granada, the, first, the, the last stronghold of the Moors in Spain, and the walls of the Moorish Empire came tumbling down. These Sadian Saudi Moors were driven into Morocco and further down into West Africa and were later betrayed, captured, and sold into America as slaves, hunting down the stern, deep olive coverage moor from Baghdad, Turkey, and slaying or enslaving him as an act of highly regarded by the Christian European forces who despised these Moors, mockingly called Turkeys, Ibrahim. Kulalula, Thanksgiving for whom? Now, I'm referring to this, okay. Uh, only thing about this uh, statement here, now, if you go to Europe today, if you ask any uh, relative of yours that's in, in the armed force or military and ask them, the ones that, uh, that, that are stationed in Europe, anywhere, Germany, Italy, uh, Spain or whatever, you ask them, do they celebrate Thanksgiving in Europe? And they, and they will tell you an emphatically no. Why? Because Thanksgiving is not a European holiday. 
as I think I think I mentioned that I think the last lecture or lecture before last I had a a, a conversation with a Russian bus driver, and she said they don't do Thanksgiving in Russia or anywhere else in Europe for that matter. They don't do Thanksgiving in Europe. Therefore, Thanksgiving is not a European holiday. It is strictly an American holiday, and I can tell you why. And it also didn't come from Canada like a lot of people think. It come from Canada, though, and it was celebrated in October. But no, that's their Thanksgiving. The Thanksgiving holiday was introduced to America after the revolution by the Moors. Believe it or not. By, by the first president of the United States, John Henson, and his brother Samuel Henson. The reason why uh, also is the uh, not only of uh, 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 their tri- uh, their tri- uh, contribution to the revolution. Excuse me. <coughs> not only of their contribution to the revolution, as uh, they had come out of their pockets eight hundred sterlings. Well, I don't know how much that means in uh, so-called American dollars. They uh, had spent the, uh, come out of their pockets to spend money on shoes and other weapons for the Continental Army to fight against the British Crown. And the reason why John Henson uh, was the first president of the United States this is this is a rebuttal against some brothers that were saying that John Henson was not the first president. Yes, he was. Why? Because did no one else want the job. A lot of anybody, a lot of the Europeans did not want the job, so he took it. And you can rebut that all if you want to. I don't care. But uh, but he also uh, uh, set up the Thanksgiving holiday for every. Thursday of the month because of the alignment of the Orion stars. It deals a lot with cosmological science as well. Because, you know, uh, we as Moors, we deal with a lot of cosmology, astrology, and astronomy online with the stars of uh, uh, Sirius and Pallades and Pelagius. All this online all the way to the Christmas holiday, the Orion Belt, where they got uh, the three wise men from, the three stars of Orion, the Orion Belt. So there's a lot of science in that. The reason why John Hanson uh, made that the Thanksgiving on the fourth day also a holiday, it did not really become official or really become really official to celebrate it until I would say until uh, Franklin D. Roosevelt took office in later years, and it wasn't dealing and the feast wasn't a turkey. It was it was a deer, not turkey. It didn't become turkey until the turn of the 19th to the 20th century, when the last fall of the Ottoman Empire. Fall of the Turks as well. That's that's when they introduced the turkey bird into a national feast for the holiday of Thanksgiving. 
another mockery upon the Moors, upon our people, another mockery on us. Now I can get back to this dance, okay? The more the more who ruled Spain for 800 years introduced new scientific techniques into Europe, such as devices for measuring position of the stars and planets. I just got through talking about, okay? Scientific progress in astronomy, chemistry, mathematics, geography, and philosophy, etc., flourished in Spain during Moorish rule. I would say Moor rule. Okay, but say as it said, I'm gonna say it the way it says in the book, during Moorish rule. Okay, <clears throat> chapter twenty-one, the Moorish dance, the M-O-R-I-I-S dance of Europe, and the Morisca, M-A-R-I-S-C-A dance of the Americas, is of Moorish origin. I'm gonna read. I'm going to repeat, the Moorish dance of Europe and the Morisca dance of the Americas is of Moorish origin. Note, he said, of the Americas. The Moorish dance of Europe and, and Morisca dance of the Americas is of Moorish origin, which means it came from Morocco. Uh, from the, I can say the Moroccan Empire. So you will, won't get those two confused with the Moroccan Kingdom in Northwest Africa. This here, what we call the United States of America, is the Moroccan Empire. Okay? It says there, in mid-15th century, Moray's dance, M-O-R-E-Y-S, Moray's dance, Moorish dance, from Flemish, Morisque, dance, from Old French, Moroy, or M-O-R-O-I-S, Moray, Moorish, Arab, Black. From more, more. Unknown why the English dance was called this, unless it referenced to fantastic dancing or customs. Compare Italian Moresco, a related dance, literally Moorish, German Moorish Constance, French Morisque. That's German mean for Moorish dance. Okay. What, where is Maurice referring to St. Maurice the Moor, or sometimes known as the Christian saint? The Europeans say as they danced the Moorish dance, originally Moorish dance. Moorish dance title throughout Europe and extended to the Middle East, India, and parts of Central and South America. Notable examples are the Christian dancer, masqueraders of Austria, the ritual dance such as the Mariscos or Moriscos, Santiago's and Machinas of the Mediterranean and Latin America and Colosari of Romania. The wide distribution of such dances suggested a North American dance. Like I say, this is Morocco, North North Morocco or North Al Morocco the Moroccan Empire. It says here, the sword dance, titled Sword Dance. Many European sword dances were taken over 
by trade guilds, trade implements, often replacing swords, dances with sticks, or related both to sword dances and to Morris dances, and Moriscas, ritual dances, usually for a double file of men. Many dances of the Moorish Morisca family employ swords. Mm-hmm. This is we have we have a lot of history all over the world. We have it in Asia, China, Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, uh, Malaysia. I mean, man, Polynesia, the Philippines. We got Moorish roots, or I can say more roots in these lands because we are worldwide people. We are worldwide ancient people. We are the Aborigine, indigenous, and autochthonous people of the world. No doubt about it. Even the Stone Age was built by a Moor in England, you know. This is now, as a Negro, is still known as Moorin, Moorin, M-O-R-I-E-N, in English. May not this indicate that Moorin belonged to the black race, the Kushite builders? It's just, uh, this is by Gerald Massey. In a book called "A Book of Ancient of Ancient Beginnings" or "A Book of Beginnings," a book of the beginnings by Raymond uh, by uh, Gerald Massey. This is also a must-volume uh, book. It must be in every Moore's library. I'm repeating it again. It's called "A Book of Beginnings" by Gerald. Massey, Gerald Massey, capital G A R A L D M A S S E Y, Massey. If you can afford it or, or no, uh, get this book. We are more of the preservers of the comedic sciences, and, and, and we indeed are. It says here. Uh, well, the comedic sciences and the moral sciences are one and the same. This is one thing I need to correct. Also, <clears throat> Yoruba, uh, Voodoo, uh, all this is moral science. You know, Buddhism, um, uh, uh, the martial arts, the art of breathing, with uh, yoga or yogi, uh, exercises, more science on the table. All the ancient, from my ancient ancestors. No dancing, uh, the vending of dessert at dinner, the three course meal was all invented by the Moors. How many of us know that Christmas don't belong to the Europeans? How many of us know that? Actually, they are celebrating the return of the sun on the 25th of December. 
because it's the earth that actually moves, not the sun. The sun sits still. The sun goes, doesn't go anywhere. It's the earth and the moon that moves about the sun. As the earth constantly spins as it moves. On the 22nd of December, it stops. And it spins, spins, spins for three days and three nights. And on the 25th of December, it moves one degree. One degree. Southward. Where it makes, where, where, where it appears that the sun moved one degree northward. And when the ancients saw this, they said, Joy to the world, our Lord has come. Let earth receive its king. It says, Joy to the world, our Lord has come. Let earth let receive its king. His king is the sun. And this is what everybody is celebrating right now. They don't know it. If, 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 if you tell them that, they swear that, that you are out to lunch. You're crazy. Starbucks, you, 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 you know, you're insane. But that's what they're doing. And you know what? The sun is our savior. The sun is the savior. If you don't believe me, wait till it stops showing up and see what will happen. See what happened to your ass when uh, when it don't show up. Because when the sun comes, it starts back. That's that's when it starts back on its way back to bring Earth back to life. Because winter represents death. It's cold and it's caressed. The trees are dead. The leaves are gone. The leaves have died. So it fell from the trees from the fall season. And fall does not mean leaves falling from the trees. It means when the sun or when the earth uh, trip uh, uh, passes through the zodiac sign of Scorpio, because a scorpion bite has the shape of two human lips. That's what it's called, the kiss of death. Therefore, the Scorpio kisses the sun. It kills the sun. So the sun falls during the October month. It falls, and that's where the fall comes. And that's where the fall comes from. It falls to its death and to winter. Winter, which is which is death, cold. The lead, the trees are barren. The grass is brown. The bushes are are naked. It's cold. Hope a lot of you remember that. This is the true meaning, of what I just told you of Christmas. Well, I have, uh, I don't have, uh, it told me I have 90 seconds left. 
So time has run out for me here. And I hope you learned a lot. And as I always say, I don't mean to uh, intimidate or to insult anyone. I just mean uh, to teach or, uh, uh, the human family what a little bit I have learned. So I say to you, my beloved human family, and uh, I say to you, a haate washita east, bawasamatsu, which means goodbye. Peace. We out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.